When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Audio Frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Maybe more. It has no real-time limits, making their way into your ears. First, from a place called Garniston, he is the Pyramid, Red Florence! It's going to be the funniest show ever because I'm all about the comedy and the money, money. baby. How much you gonna pay? And his partner, Fader Top Enders. For Mecca City to Beef Community Centre, I've got stories that are going to blow your mind. Hello and welcome to Wrestling Daft. My name is Rab Florence. Grado is not here. Well, this week he is filming the BBC sitcom Two Doors Down, family sitcom, but a family. But well, it's about a fa- it's about neighbours. I think it's about neighbours, and Grado plays. Boy called George in it, and he's got a missus, Daphne or whatever. I'm not sure. John, how are you doing? I'm good, actually, very good. And you just mentioned neighbours. They're sad. Rab neighbours ends this week. So fuck. Really? Come on. You remember? You're of an age. You, I mean, me and you are kind of similar ages. You remember half five on a a weekday night? You'd come in for school as a wee guy, eating your dinner, and then neighbours would come on at five thirty-six. I watched it, mate. But the ice caps are melting. I'm not going to get fucking stressed out about neighbours finishing. <laughs> I'm just not going to do it. No, do you um, have a favourite neighbours moment? Do you have a favourite neighbours moment? Nah. I mean, obvious one's Scott and Charlene's wedding, isn't it? Angry Anderson and all that. I, I mean, I remember that when I was a wee guy. But I would be pretty sad if that was my... If that was a, a, a big memory in my life, wouldn't it? I think it sounds like I'm in a bad mood today. It does, actually. Is this because of Vince? It's because it's the end of an era. It is. We need to talk about it. Um, it's, it feels like a, maybe the most important episode of Wrestling Daft we've ever done because we're never going to cover this again. No. What What was your reaction when you heard the news? Well, meeting I, a Kit Kat, by the way, meeting a Kit Kat. One it, finger at a time. I, I was going to say one finger at a time. I mean, it was just... It was Friday night, and then suddenly I get a, a message for Billy Kirkwood saying, Vince is gone. I was like, what? And then I was like, eh, unbelievable. Um, Billy's typing up his CV as we speak to, to Vince, obviously. But I was just like, and then obviously I, I was like, that's first I heard it. And then obviously clued in you boys, because I don't know if you had heard as well, saying Vince's gone. And I, I just, it was like, holy shit, holy shit, man. I mean, there's obviously going to be reasons that will probably come out why he's taking that decision. In fact, I think there's bits and bobs coming out now, obviously, in terms of uh, his position in the company. And obviously, it's a, you know, it's on the stock market and stuff. So, but it's just unbelievable. And just the way it's done, it's just, it feels 
deflating a wee bit, if you know what I mean. It's just, just on what a. Do you mean tweet. how low key, how low key yeah. it was? Yeah, I mean, you want Vince McMahon's a man of bravado. He's a man of, you know, charisma and just a, a single tweet. You know, just sort of saying. It's 77, time for me to retire. Thank you, WWE Universe, then, now, forever, together. Hashtag WWE, hashtag thankful. It's just not how you want to see him go out, you know? No. It would have been nice if just his limo blew up again. <laughs> it would be a nice way of doing it. It's, it's an interesting one. It's a difficult one to talk about as well, because obviously there are, you know, there, there are, the story is still developing, so we're not sure what has gone on. There's a lot of chat and a lot of rumour online um, but rumour online is just rumour this is the thing, you know, we live in an age now where everybody just assumes all the rumours are true uh, which is not the case you know what I mean, it's not the case and so it's hard It's hard to properly frame this information and react to it in a proper manner uh, it's definitely the, the end of an era, I think a lot of people are very you know, a lot of people find it very easy to be dismissive of Vince McMahon because they don't like his ways or the, they don't like the culture within the WWE or, or maybe their favourite wrestlers have been treated badly by Vince or something over the years. But fundamentally, what we have to all acknowledge is Vince McMahon has been a key element in people at our age, a key element in our life, a key... Uh, figure in the entertainment that, that we have consumed for decades. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were going to come back in there. Um, it was a beautiful silence. It was a beautiful silence because it's true. I mean, it tran it, but the thing is, Vince McMahon almost transcends wrestling because I, it was just this, this week, I thought, you know what, I, I write on Clyde One, Bowie at breakfast, you know, listen every day, weekday, six till ten. Um, I write the, we do a competition called the 5K Minute, and it's just, you know, answer ten questions in 60 seconds, and you'll win £5,000. And you know what? I, put, I always put a wee stinker question there. One day you have to Google, Rab, and I thought, do you know what? I'm going to put in uh, who stood down as, or Vince McMahon stood down as uh, the head of which company this week. So without a, in a heartbeat, the, the listener on the other end said, WWE, which I thought, wow, and you know, I just thought that, that's crazy that they know that. So it just goes to show how much he transcends into into popular culture as well. I think. I mean, Conor McGregor doing the walk, at, um, UF, you know, UFC and all that sort of stuff. He, he, he does. He's a massive figure. He's a massive figure, and it is a pity that that is the way he goes out. If that is the I mean, this is the thing though with Vince McMahon though, it's like. Would you rule it and pop him back up on TV in a couple of years or something? You, you just can never rule it out, you know? You can never rule it out with that guy. In fact, I saw I saw CM Punk talking. Uh, he was getting interviewed at some convention or something, and he was saying, you know, he was being very sceptical about the fact that Vince is away at all, you know what I mean? Yeah. He still think that Vince would maybe be hands-on behind the scenes. He's no buying it. And it's just difficult to know what the real situation is in there. It's a baffling situation is ongoing yeah. within the WWE. And I don't think anybody really knows what's happening or where it's leading. Because obviously, a matter of a year ago, it looked like Triple H was right out of the picture completely. And now 
He's head of creative. <laughs> I know. I know. Do you think... I mean, we obviously got a slight taste of Raw, and I've seen... I don't know if it's just people are coming out and saying, oh, Triple H is at the wheel now, and, you know, we've, we can already see a change on Raw on Monday there. Do you think there will be a major difference? Do you think you'll get shot of the likes of Kevin Dunn, Bruce Pritchard, all these guys, and bringing his own kind of guys? Kevin Dunn's a goner. Yeah, Kevin Dunn is 100% a goner. There's no doubt in my mind he's a goner. Uh, I think one of the things that surely they must acknowledge needs to be done is that there needs to be a kind of clean out in the back. Uh, there has to be a fresh approach taken to production. There has to be a fresh approach taken to creative. Now, one of the problems I would say is, you know, as as excited as I've seen some people get about Triple H in that creative role, the creative needs a total shake-up. Now, Triple H might be the guy who does it, uh, but there's how how creative operates within that company does not work. Don't care what anybody says. Sometimes you have good days. Sometimes there's good shows, bad shows, whatever. But on the whole, I think as consistent watchers for years and years and years now, we can say that how creative operates within that company does not work. And I think that everything's going to need a big shakeup. So I think it's going to take time. I don't think we're suddenly going to watch a Raw and it's going to be, you know, a completely new experience for us. I think... It's going to take a bit of time for changes to be made in the back, uh, for changes to be made in the roster. Because I definitely think there's going to be some people who maybe did not want to work with WWE anymore who will want to work with them now. Yeah, I've seen a lot of the AEW talent, actually. Um, there was a report this week that a lot of the kind of insiders are saying that if Triple H had still been there, they wouldn't have jumped over to AEW. So you think the likes of Keith Lee, Adam Cole, all these guys that Triple H worked with in NXT. You know, is there a way back in for Johnny Gargano as well? All these kind of guys. Did, did, did Sasha and Naomi get a phone call from Triple H saying, listen, I've got the I've got the wheel now. Let's get you back in. I don't have any doubt. There's no doubt in my mind that Sasha will end up back with WWE, I think. Um I think Triple H will recognise what needs to be done there. Although, again, you don't know. I mean, they, they maybe don't want to... You know, it's still it's still a family we're talking about here. You know what I mean? Triple H has still got to go to Vince's house at Christmas. <laughs> That's true. You know what I mean? So it's like... Aye, so the, I don't think they can be completely doing a, you know, cats away, mice will play type situation. I don't think it's like that. But... And I also don't... I don't think you want to see WWE start going, like, let's bring back, you know... Who really wants to see Keith Lee back at WWE? I mean, not to be too harsh, but is anybody really desperately wanting that? No, no. It's true. Um, I'm sure there's other there's people Triple H will have his eye on, though. If, you know, he's been away and he's come back, obviously. I'll tell you who he'll have his eye on. He'll have his eye on MJF. Aye. And, and, and if he's not crazy, he'll have his eye on Ricky Starks as well. Yeah. You know, the, these are the kind of guys I don't, I just don't see. Even a Moxley and stuff. I think there's a good chance now, actually, at some point when Moxley finishes his AEW run, I could totally see Moxley back in WWE. That would you know, be amazing. That'd be today, amazing. the whole, you know, all this, because you want to see Moxley as he is now, or as he will be in a few years after everything he's done. You want to see him back in the mix with a Rollins and with a Reigns. It's going to be, that's money, that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I can definitely see him coming back. I can see Jericho coming back, you know? I can see Jericho maybe coming back to see how the land lies for a wee bit. I don't think Jericho will retire before he has one more run at WWE in some form. 
Really? I just don't think he will. Yeah, really. I don't think he will. I think he'll, he'll want to have one last meaningful run, you know, and I don't mean like top of the card, but one one last meaningful run with somebody before the whole retirement Hall of Fame stuff, you know, which will inevitably come to him. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing I was really disappointed, I have to say, was obviously it happened, broke Friday, just after we recorded the podcast actually last week. Um, but I really wanted Stephanie to come out and smack down and just cut a total promo on Vince and like just work it into an angle. Obviously with, you know, WWE being, a, you know, trading in the stock market, they probably can't do that. But see, they turned it into an angle. That's the way Vince should have went out. You know, well, ordinarily, I mean, ordinarily they would, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what makes you think, right, there's obviously, this is stuff that can he really be made light of yeah. or joked about or anything like that. So, you know, there's obviously more to learn about what's happened. Uh, but I think I think we will see changes, and I think the changes will take time to develop. I think a guy who is in an extremely strong position now, I would say, is Cody Rhodes. Yes. Because absolutely. I think that, you know, Cody is sitting there waiting to come back for injury, and when he comes back, it's going to be a big moment. It's going to be huge. Cody's seems like the perfect fit for WWE at the minute. He's certainly going to be the perfect fit for a Triple H creatively led WWE, I think. Um, I think he'll thrive in that situation. And I also think Cody Rhodes is a type of guy you can see. You could. It's amazing because we've went from Cody Rhodes being the guy who it didn't work out way. Um, it didn't work out for him at WWE. Ultimately, he went. He got everything up and running over on the AEW side heavily involved there, figurehead really for a while there. And you thought to yourself, he'll never be back at WWE. And now it actually seems more like you can totally visualize Cody as a guy who has a full career at WWE and then ends up moving upstairs in the back and in a position of prominence in the back as well. You know what I mean? You can totally see that. Now that path seems to be quite clear. So I thought Vince would die before he would chuck it. Yeah. I think everybody thought that. I think everyone thought that. I mean, it, it is like, let's go back to saying, just everyone was just messaging people that grew up in wrestling, going, oh my God, I can't believe Vince is gone. Aye. You know, let's, see, let's see what the punters are saying. Karate Warrior 2 got in touch. He says, the same day Vinnie Mac retires, Wrestling Daft comes back for hiatus, and Rab mentions he's unemployed several times. You know what that means? Vinnie Rab ascends to the WWF creative throne. You know what's a weird thing? Was, right, see, before, just before Vince retired there, um, like a few days before, I was looking at a job advert on a WWE website for a, a creative role. And I was like, I was considering it. I was like, should I apply? Should I apply? But then you'd have to move over there and all that. I'd have to move the whole family over there. Just for a wee run at it would be... I mean, you could just leave the family there and just go for a wee run on it, at it yourself and then see how it works out. But that would be amazing. Aye, it would be. Adam says off the back of last week's show when we talked about Braveheart getting stiffed by... Bret Hart, he says, I went to the meet and greet in Dundee that he was here for. Bret Hart, that says, the amount of people that came stunned the people working there. Bret signed for at least like two hours longer than scheduled. Love the Hitman. So that's Adam <laughs> defending Bret the Hitman Hart. And we knew last week that people would be defending Bret the Hitman Hart. And we knew that Ian Drew Dice Clay would be defending Bret the Hitman Hart. Bret Hart isn't a wank, he says. I can only imagine it was an exchange rate issue between 
the Scottish pound and the Canadian dollar. Probably heard about Grado trying to cash a drawing, a drawing of a cheque and thought he'd get the full whack up front. Purely a mix-up. Let's move on. So Braveheart, if you're out there, we would like to hear more about that time Bret Hart bumped you. Uh, because as far as the punters that listen to wrestling daft are concerned, Braveheart screwed Braveheart. David Butler got in touch. He sent us an email, David Butler. Here's what he says. Hi, boys. I really love the podcast, especially the ASMR of Grado eating down the mic. <laughs> Just kidding. In all seriousness, I never used to have a telly when I was a wee guy. So the only way I'd find out about what happened on the wrestling was off my pal Big Cal when our walkie-talkies we got for our Christmas. But now, thanks to you guys, I now have a VPN. I use it to watch the WWE on Peacock in America. I went to America when in the early 2000s and I went to Disneyland. It was class. Got heavy soaked on that big shoot thing. <laughs> Just kidding. In all seriousness, I fell away from wrestling and thanks to you guys and VPN, I can watch it again. I was watching an old episode of Raw the other day and that Ted DiBiase Jr. was on it. Where's he? He should have been world champion, but he said thank you to his dad on it, and it made me think about my dad. He was a joiner in San Ra, but he would work offshore too, so I never really seen him. Thanks to you guys, I would never realise that I'm thankful to my bestest dad, even though I never seen him much, which I imagine was what it was like for wee Ted. <laughs> Cheers, boys. All the best for Big Davey, a.k.a. the steam train. I love that. <laughs> I love that Big Davy is called the Steam Train. It's a good see, see, if, see if somebody called me the Steam Train, right? I would never call myself Big Davy. I'd never, I would never, what I would do is I would go, all the best for the Steam Train, <laughs> aka Big Davy. You know what I mean? <laughs> I would, you just use the Steam Train. Thanks for the email, Davy. We love that email. It's good to think about your dad. Like, well, I mean, I don't mean me thinking about your dad. Yeah. It's good to think about your own dad, is what I mean. You know I, I love mean? how he's put Ted DiBiase Jr. You know, you know, he's related that whole thing back to his dad. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. The legend that's Billy Gaddy has been in touch. And he says, I found an old video of me when I was like seven, wrestling a massive teddy. Hit some German suplex. Poor finish, though. Big pops with my granddad trying to watch Heartbeat in the background. Let's see this clip. What is he? Is he singing something? It sounds like he's singing something. Where's the teddy? Yes, man. There you go. Perfect German suplex with heartbeats on in the background. That was beautiful. What was that? The other second one? That looked like a DDT or something. Yeah, yeah. There we go. It's so sweet, isn't it? Good on you. There's wee Billy Gaddy. We taps off. Danny's wrestling. Uh, wearing a pair. Of, it looked like there was so many people. He, he looked like he was wearing like a kind of pair of kind of baggy jammy bottoms or something. And his tap was off, wee skinny, wee, wee boy's body. Basically looking like maced British indie wrestlers back in I, the 90s. I, I was about to say, oh, maybe people could send in videos of them wrestling when they were younger, but then I just realised the sentence you just said of wee boys in their tops. And I thought, I know. best not to do that. I know, let's not do that. If we want to see what looks like a wee boy wrestling, we just stick an Adam Cole match on. Hey! No. There we go. Now, a regular correspondent, Pablo's Vault of Horror, got in touch. Catch him 10 to midnight on Nova Radio, by the way. He says, I know the assumption will be to think it's faked, but this is genuine. At a Trump rally in Arizona, 
They played The Undertaker's entrance music and Hulk Hogan's. I'm assuming they and Vince gave permission. Sadly, no run-ins or interference for any of the above, though. Can I see this? Yes. So this is genuine. This is genuine. So this is everybody filing in, taking their seats, getting ready for Donald Trump's uh, rally here. And... It's The Undertaker's music. It's so weird, isn't it? But he's missed his cue. Where's Trump? Why would they even choose? Why would they even choose that music? I could get like I'm a real American. I get that, right? But why Undertaker? Anyway, last week we played the clip of a man attempting a super munch in a beer garden, which leads us into wrestling moves and shoot fights. Porkchop Express claims I did a Hulk Hogan leg rope when I got up at Swing Park. We came up for a boat and scheme when we were about ten. I'd been watching WrestleMania 3 and VHS and repeat all week before it. He came up wearing goalie gloves instead of boxing gloves. Right, no. See, I, I wasn't sure I believed this story until that bit about the wee guy coming up wearing goalie gloves to fight. I, no, I believe it. Martin says, no, but there was a guy at school who was getting beat in a fight and started kind of singing the Rocky theme to himself. Like, da-da-da, to psyche sell up and he ended up battering the guy. Wild, I like that. <laughs> Always get you going that music. Percy Sledgehammer says, saw a couple of Neds having a scuffle in the back of the garage, and it looked like one was getting another one a stink face. Upon further inspection, it was just two young lovers tromboning. Fuck me, man. <laughs> Fuck me. Now, if you want to get in touch with us about any of that or just random wrestling-related stuff, get us on Twitter at Wrestling Daft, on Insta at Wrestling Daft Podcast, just Wrestling Daft on Facebook, or email us at WrestlingDaft at gmail. Dot com. Now every week we like to bury and put all our stuff for the world of wrestling lists. This week let's separate the sons and daughters for neighbours. So what a downer sons and daughters was, man. Oh, it was awful, wasn't it? Sons and daughters love and laughter tears in hand. It was the worst one. It was so I, depressing. I tell you what, see all the Australian soaps, though, they did have a banging theme tune. Do you know what I mean? Sons and daughters was decent. Home and away, what a banger that is. Home and away, yeah, that's a good one. He used to bring me roses. Oh, yeah. yeah. I wish he would again. Yeah, yeah. Prisoner was good, wasn't it? Prisoner cell block H. Uh, it was a Thursday night late. It was too. That was, yeah, it was just a wee bit before my time. It was a Thursday night late night telly. Rab, I was too late for you. Too late for me. Was I used to watch Prisoner Cell Block H, and then I watched the Hitman and Her as well. Oh, beautiful. Right. So let's see what we. Well, what I want to put over. Did you see Ricky Starks? Just oh, that boy. His promo and all that, and and uh, his whole bit. And it looks like a face turn, doesn't it? It looks like a face turn now. Did, when he was mimicking like um, Dan Housen and all that chat yeah, and all yeah. that part, he is a what a, I mean, he just oozes charisma, doesn't he, Ricky Starks? And he's got it to back it up in the ring as well. He's Mate, I was banging on about Ricky Starks years ago when he was in NWA. Well, I was banging on about him. This boy, this boy is, is big time, big time. I want to put him over. Uh, what else do I want to put over? Um, try to think if there's anything else I want to put over. I like the Moxley's promo on Jericho as well, uh, where he's like, I don't want all this, you know, all your new gimmicks and all that kind of stuff. I want Lionheart. I want old school Heart Dungeon Jericho. Yeah. yeah I like that. Um, Jericho's still looking in great shape. I'm trying to think what else. Is there anything I want to bury? Is there anything else I want to put over? 
Uh, what about yourself, John? What about yourself? I, I'm don't need to put over, and it's probably controversially put over Triple H, obviously now in charge of the helm. Um, I just mm-hmm. think it needed a wee kick. It needs WWE needs a wee jolt. Um, I hope that he he can do it, you know, and hopefully there's not all this, you know, everything needs to go through events. You all constantly hear about things getting rewritten at the last minute and all that sort of stuff. I just hope he can bring a wee freshness to the WWE because everybody wants to see a strong WWE. We're all brought up in WWE. Yep. And everyone wants to see a strong WWE because at the moment, AEW, in terms of wrestling, in terms of what it's doing, it's a far superior product, in my humble opinion. Agreed. And it, and with the roster that WWE has got and the resources they've got, it shouldn't be like that. Yeah. It shouldn't be like that. My slight fear a wee bit is, you know, I wasn't mad on a lot of NXT when Triple H was there, all the stuff that people were raving about. I wasn't mad on a lot of it, you know what I mean? Mm. It was all a wee bit po-faced and a wee bit kind of dry, but I don't think, you know, I think Triple H knows what constitutes a good episode of Raw, you know what I mean? Which is a 25-minute Triple H promo at the start. (laughs) Right, so (laughs) Beppy wants to put her FTR, their own fire right now, best baby faces in the business. And wants to bury the lack of MJF in AEW. Where the bloody hell is he? Where is MJF? It's a very good question. It's always, you, is this a work? Is this a complete and utter work? Uh, I think the, I would, you know what I would love them to do? I'll tell you what I would love them to do. I would love them to keep MJF off TV until CM Punk comes back. And I would have, see, whenever, so that we've almost forgotten about MJF. And whenever CM Punk makes his triumphant return for injury and turns up on AEW, I would have MJF run out and attack him on that. Almost like MJF was just like, I was only interested in, in fucking you up. So I would just went on holiday until you came back. Yeah. I would love that. I would love yeah. that. David wants to put on last night's dynamite. Last few weeks have been tough to watch. But El Diablo, Wapo, and Danielson helped lift the show. Also, uh, Regal describing Moxley as a dog with two willies popped me. <laughs> Made better as JR had no idea what the fuck it meant. <laughs> um, Martin Poole, Ricky Starks. Big rock vibes needs to be pushed now. Billy Poole, that guy that called himself the original Grado. He predicted Vince to step down soon and Triple H to take over. All his predictions are coming up. Just waiting on his one where he called John a deviant, but... <laughs> that, was a while, that was a good few episodes ago now. That was a while ago, but I mean... Waiting for waiting for that to come through, the John being a deviant thing. We, wow. Do we not remember the Scarlet Bordeaux episode? Oh, wow. Scarlet Bordeaux. She's just incredible. Oh. She's got an OnlyFans, you know. Oh, for fuck's sake. Billy wants to bury the Raw commentary team. First Raw I've watched since the Thunderdome, and the commentary team is far too generic. Yes. What a shout that is, Billy. Uh, Scott wants to put her hook one in the FTW Championship and Hobbs turning on starts. Hopefully they start a big Ricky starts push. Hey, a lot of Ricky starts love the day. Barry wants, um, and Scott wants to bury barbed wire everywhere in match. Looks like a glitch for WWE 2K. Uh, one arm scissor wants to put her last night's dynamite, especially Moxley, a king amongst men. But he wants to bury the WWE camera cuts and constant DQs. Impossible to watch. Production at WWE has got to change. That was me that said that. Kev. Wants to put over Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor. Absolutely brilliant, particularly Rush versus Dragon Lee and FTR versus the Briscoes. I never watched it. Did you see it? No, Trent? I didn't. I was. I, I tell you what, what a card it was. But it seemed to be all you know. The, obviously, there's been a bit of fallout um, with Gresham and all that sort of stuff. But 
Oh, yeah, there was that Kerry one, wasn't there? Gresham was all pissed off. It's because all the WWE guys were going over at it. You know, it's it's, all the ex WWE guys were the ones. (laughs) Is that? You feel bad about that, though, because it's like, what makes you a WWE guy? Like, that's like me saying you're a Radio Clyde guy. (laughs) Is that fair to say? Would you? But, But see, if you left Radio Clyde, yeah, and then like in three years' time, you're you're working on Go Radio, for example, right? right? Hopefully and you fired Crofty, right? Right, you fired Crofty and all that, and then somebody says, "Fucking Radio Clyde guy coming in and just firing Crofty right away." You you'd be like, "Hold on, I'm not a Radio Clyde guy. I'm just like a freelance producer." Do you know what? You're right. You're absolutely. Like you sit with Burniston as well. Oh, it's the Burniston guy, you know, and that's like you do the Scots now, and you do all this other stuff. And... Yeah, but that's different because I own Burniston. Well, that's true. You don't own Radio Clyde, and <laughs> um, these guys don't own WWE. <laughs> so <laughs> Rico wants to put. Oh, I wish he did own Radio Clyde, John. I could. I get you your late night uh, phone in. I get my fucking late night phone in show. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. I'm wanting. Fucking have a word with him, mate. I will. I will. I will. Fuck's sake. It needs to be my partner on the airwaves. Rico wants to put our Triple H taking the creative reins in WWE. Obviously, it's no all going to change overnight, but it's exciting to think about what we might see in the next 12 months. I'd say Cody's chances of being champion when he returns just took a boost. You said that. I said it. Jushin Thunder Lager says, Barry, Jonathan Gresham and his face tripping him at Ring of Honor. <laughs> Defo has wee guy syndrome. Fucking well said, mate. Lewis wants to put a Ricky Starks in general. WWE setting up another surprise for Rollins. And as always... Bret Hart being a one. <laughs> <laughs> and once they bury SmackDown being a classic SmackDown, Raw being a classic Raw, and nay, real changes. Andy wants to put all the WWE Evil series about the great heels in the business, rattle through the full lot in two nights. Oh, that would be good. I've not watched that yet. That must be good. Uh, and, Betty, and Andy doesn't want to bury anything this week. Hopefully with Triple H in charge of creative, no, it's going to be a boom period for wrestling again. People have really got their hopes up, John. I do, there is there's a lot of hope now, but do you think it's just obviously CM Punk saying nah nothing will change it would just be the same old same old over there. But do you think that there could be a change, Rab? Do you think there has to be a change? I think there will be a change, but I think people need to be careful what they wish for because I think that a lot of people are forgetting that Vince McMahon gave you some of your favourite fucking things that ever happened in a wrestling ring. Vince McMahon did that. Vince McMahon gave you that stuff, and a lot of people going. Thank fuck, that's him that gave me all that stuff I loved away now. Doesn't he fucking make sense to me? Why is he getting so excited about it? Doesn't he make sense? Here's a guy that does the fucking boring promos that... that See Triple H, this guy that's came in now? You were all fucking moaning about him on the internet for about fucking 20 years. About 20 years, people on fucking forums moaning about Triple H burying people or taking too long doing his promos or fucking whole shows about Triple H and he never puts anybody over or he fucking does this. He fucked to CM Punk, he fucked to this one, he fucked to that one. Now everybody's going, oh, Vince McMahon, the guy that gave us all that fucking brilliant entertainment and all the brilliant characters is away now. Yes, now Triple H can come in. What the fuck's going on? Anyway, we'll see. We'll find out. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. (laughs) 
Now, it's the part of the show where we invite you, the listeners, today to run in. And after a few weeks off and ahead of Shug's house party this weekend, let's welcome a man facing Jason Reed on night two this weekend, Sunday night. Sunday night or Saturday night? Saturday night. night. Saturday night. It's Friday night, Saturday night. It's Andy Wilde, the man himself. So Andy Wilde is in the room. How are you doing, Andy? I'm great. Thank you very much for having me. You've been a busy man, really. You've been wrestling a lot, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for a long time now, too. Um, you're, but you're right back at it with, um, with ICW, and it's a big weekend this weekend. Yeah, one of the biggest ones of the year, in fact. And what? So you're wrestling night two, right? Night two, yeah. What can you tell us about your match? Oh, it's, it's been a, it's been an emotional one. It's been a bit of a Coronation Street style build up to this one, unfortunately. Um, it's not the match we wanted. Uh, I'm, I'm wrestling Jason Reed. He's a, he's a friend of mine, um, an off camera friend of mine as well. And we recently. Um, started having a little run um, tag teaming. That was our intention. We were hoping to get a little run as a tag team and see where we could get with that. But uh, unfortunately, his uh, his manager had different uh, different thoughts and has somehow managed to angle his way into having us wrestle each other, um, which again is, isn't ideal, but we're both competitors and we, we both get the script. So we'll just have to do what we have to do. How are you feeling, Andy? You feeling like you're in the, um, you're, you're at the peak now? Do you, you feel like you're at your peak? I think I've still, I, I feel like I've got more to get to that peak, but I just feel like I, I'm not, I'm not shy in saying anymore. You know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm the best heavyweight in the country. And I feel that's come from years and years of fighting the best heavyweights in the country. They've moved on. They've gone to, to different things now and, and, and I'm still here, but I'm using all the lessons that I learned from those matches to kind of, to use to help me win. Um, I'm at the top of my game in terms of in-ring stuff. I have more experience than anybody else. So yeah. I feel I'm, I'm, I'm peaking, but uh, a few more wins and a, and a heavyweight belt around my waist will help me uh, help me prove that, I feel. So are you planning, I mean, are you planning to dominate at ICW? Is this, is this your thing? Do you want to be the, the main man there? Yeah, I mean, the, the plan's always to do that. I think what what I did for a long time was, um, was to do everything right, to shake hands, to say please and thank you and cheers for the opportunity and all that. But... Um, I feel like I've done that. I've done that maybe three times round now. I've had about three runs at ICW. You know, I've been I've been there since the start, since the the early days, and I think now more than ever, it's my it's my chance to step forward and and lead the locker room forward into a kind of new era for ICW. Because it's true that I mean, because I remember I don't know if our paths have ever really properly crossed, but you were always a guy that like. All the boys speak really highly. Everybody always spoke really highly. Andy, yeah, it's Wild. really kind of them. Yeah, and and I, re- you know, I, re- I remember that. Like I always remember, like, oh, big Andy, big Andy, big Andy. Uh, and it's you know, and I definitely feel like y- you seem to be on a really good run just now. And obviously, you're working with a load of young guys as well. Yeah, just now, what's that experience like working with the, the kind of younger guys that are coming through? It's been great. I mean, I've always prided myself on helping people as much as I possibly could on the way much on the way up excuse me so much so probably that I would put myself on the back burner throughout my career in, in recent years I've I've kind of clicked like hey maybe I should just <laughs> maybe I should just help myself a little bit you know maybe I should put as much effort into analyzing other people's matches and analyzing other people's movements and wrestling and um, helping them progress and and do it for myself but I always I always try and help people. Jason Reed, my opponent, for example, um, I'll be coaching tonight and he'll be there, you know, I'll be in the ring telling him what to do and he'll be coming in and doing it, you know? So yeah. um, two or three days out from fighting each other, I'm still going to be, still be trying to help him. But on the night, obviously it's uh, best man wins, you know, but uh, 
yeah, I, I've always prided myself on on doing my best for others. And I think that's probably why I've managed to gain this um, locker room leader or big brother style representation within um, within ICW. Andy, do you think your match with, with Big Dame was almost like a passing of the torch then? Obviously, Big Dame came back a few months ago and you had the chance to wrestle him. Do you feel that was almost like a wee passing of the torch there? Yeah, I think it might have been. I think it was more of a taking of the torch. I think it was more of a, I, you know, like I said, there's been too many years where I've just been kind of comfortable with just being like, yes, no, thank you, Mr. Dallas. Cheers for the opportunity. And I think when it came to people like Damo, Damo left. Damo went and did his thing and, and good for him. And I would have too if they kind of hung that bag of money in front of me. But um, whilst he was away, I, I was putting in consistent, I'm, I'm confident in saying I'm the most consistent output of any wrestler in Scotland. And I was consistently putting in perfect almost matches with no matter who I was in the ring with win, lose or draw. So when he came back, it was a, it was a, regardless of what he wanted, I'm taking the torch. It's my torch. Now you were just, you were just looking after it for me. As the guy, Andy, who people speak highly about and, you know, people talk about Andy Wilde helping them. Who's helped you? Like who in your career have you worked with who you feel has made you a better wrestler over the years? Oh, well, I've, you know, early on in my career, I was so lucky to, to be in with the people I was in. I mean, I, I got put in a best of five matches, the best of five series of Liam Thompson when I was green as grass, you know, and he was so unselfish with the way that we approached those, uh, those bouts. And I think I learned more in those five bouts than I learned in, in the following five years. Um, but yeah, that that original class of people, you know, your your Lionhearts, your Wolfgangs, your your Leon Thompsons, they were they were in the trenches, you know, when when there was five six people in the crowd and two or three of them were the lads' girlfriends, you know, so yeah. they know what it's like for nobody to be there and to put out a consistently good um, quality of wrestling, and and they were the ones that were there for me. Um, I think there was a there's been a long time, like I said, where people went on to improve themselves. People got it. They went, right, okay, enough helping other people. There's now competition. There's now opportunity. It's time to start looking at ourselves. I didn't get that memo. I didn't get that email, unfortunately. Um, my probably biggest downside, my biggest uh, critique from people is I'm probably a little bit too nice. Um, but, hey, you know, I believe that what, what goes around comes around. And um, if it takes me a little bit longer to get to where I want to be because I've helped a few people on the way, then, then so be it, you know? And I'm always curious about ICW's situation at the minute. Does does it feel like we're in the midst of a rebuild for ICW? Because obviously a lot of new faces, you know, and, and a lot of changes have taken place there. So does it feel like it's still in rebuild mode, heading in a new direction? Yeah, definitely. I think um, it was a really nice moment for me personally, and I spoke to Dallas about this after the show, but at, um, at ICW Bard, which was the first kind of, big show first kind of pay-per-view style show where the roster the new roster of young lads um who had kind of knocked their pan in throughout the um the covid era of icw the closed door era of icw where i could stand and watch dallas do his big g up speech knowing that everything that he was saying was true i've stood there the first i stood there 12 years ago where we're standing in this disgusting community center with Dallas, who's just quit his job as a lifeguard, standing there going, right, boys, you're going to the hydro within 10 years. These are all going to be superstars and blah, blah. And us all stand there like, I mean, that sounds great, but, you know, that ain't <laughs> happening, pal. And um, 
yeah, not so much so for me. I mean, different circumstances in my life. But look, if you look at who else was standing there with me, they're all they're all earning. Well, I'm earning a living from wrestling, but you know, they're all um, they're all in WWE. They're all on weekly TV shows. And yeah. Some of them, you've got people like Nikki who they're WWE champions. Like they're the top. They're on the lunch boxes now. You know what I mean? And yeah, and and they were stand there. So to stand back at the back of the 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 kind of room where he was doing his big speech and watching all these young impressionable wrestlers kind of half smirking and but half getting fired up and goosebumpy. It was a nice moment for me to go, God, you guys have got so much ahead of you. And is this is the speech the same or is the or has the speech changed? I mean, what yeah. is this is the this is the curious thing. This is the, the thing I find interesting because ICW is a company that had that incredible story where it rose up to that level. And I suppose you know, there has to be different targets and a different, you know, I just wonder how, has the messaging changed at all in there? Or is it about getting to the hydro again or an equivalent? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think um, the joy of Dallas is he believes every word that comes out of his mouth, mm-hmm. good word or bad, a good, bad or, or, or not. He, he believes it, you know what I mean? So um, it's very easy to believe it too. And I think that's his strongest point. And that's why he's so strong at talking and being an on-screen, um, an on-screen talker. But the world has changed. We all know that, you know, that with your job and, and everything, the world has changed. So whilst, um, whilst the goals may be similar, the fame, the, you know, the hard work paying off, the building the company back up again, may be similar. They are going to be different, but, but what's different now is we have a weekly television show, on the WWE network. You know what I mean? Like, can you imagine some of those early ICW matches going on the WWE network? Like yeah. that run at that. And I know it was a quick run, you know, when great, obviously when Grado came on board and he became the, the sensation he was and kind of got the house for us, as we all say, you know, um, you know, some of these matches, can you imagine them how quickly ICW would have got to that mainstream now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really is incredible. It's, it kind of feels almost like, it's taken for granted by people a wee bit. I don't mean people within ICW, but people out with ICW that, oh yeah, ICW are on the WWE network now. And it's just, you know, which which is still a, an incredibly surreal thing. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. an incredibly surreal thing. And it's, but this is the thing, you know, it's about getting that message and about selling, it's harder now to sell a ticket than it's ever been, I think, for anything. In terms of live stuff, it's difficult to sell tickets. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, Definitely. There's so much competition. There's a lot of people that are still reluctant to go to things, to go to shows and stuff. There's still a, a lot of people that are a bit nervous about going out. So it's, you know, there's a lot more hustling involved, but certainly Dallas knows how to hustle and get a ticket. So <laughs> I agree, I'll, but I think as well, like, you know, if you look at every great film, every great musical artist, everything that's been great throughout the years of entertainment, the sequel has always been the kind of defining moment. Can we get a good sequel? Is Rush yeah. Hour 2 going to be as funny as rush hour you know what i mean is is never ending story the next chapter of that going to be as good as the first one can we can we can we capture the same thing can we make it something different can we get a new audience you know they were really bad references why do we use never i was going to see what points of reference you've got Jesus. there andy i mean you know what i mean you can tell i've got kids eh? you know but like, andy I've, as a guy- start, I've, I've actually just started introducing jacob to some uh some of these like early comedies some jim carrey <laughs> comedies because he's getting to that age now where you're like you know, you're going to get some of this stuff and this might be yeah. a, a few awkward conversations throughout these films, but you're <laughs> going to enjoy watching them at least. So, but yeah, I think it's our job as performance and the, and, and the job of the guys that kind of left myself, BT Gun, Jester, so on and so forth. And the job of these young guys coming through that have the world at their feet and the WWE network behind them to make the sequel as successful as the, as the origin, you know? 
And Andy, as a as a guy who has worked with so many over the years, who do you see coming up that you feel, you know, this could be a person who is destined to be a star or this is a person who I could see being up the top in this company for a long time to come? Who who do you, who do you like? Uh, Jason Reed. <laughs> it's easy. <laughs> and it's and it's a shit thing for me because I'm going to be standing across the ring from him. But Jason Reed, why wouldn't he be? You know what I mean? He's he's mid twenties, twenty five years old. He has a good shoot job, a normal job, which I know sounds crazy. Like why that would make an impact, but a lot of these lads still live at home with their mum, and it gives you a different it gives you a different mindset. You know yourself, man. You you move out and you realize, oh Christ, if I don't wash my clothes, they're not getting washed. If yeah. I don't if I don't do this, it's not happening. So when you've got your own when you've got your own life and you've got a good paying job and you work hard on a daily basis and you get the payoff from putting hard work in it's easy to transfer that over into wrestling and to go wow if i really if i do the three sessions a week at at fbwa and i listen to andy and i work hard and then i i I listen to coach hey coach is coach you know his his man i respect coach um for his achievements i don't respect him as a human being but i respect him for his achievements you know if you yeah he was at school with les trust apparently oh was it yeah yeah (laughs) that says a lot doesn't it um but yeah you know I, i just i just I just feel that somebody that's in shape can talk, can wrestle and back it all up. Why wouldn't he be the top guy? Obviously, you've got people, you've got Leighton, for example, who is a, a superstar. And a superstar that I think the conversation a lot at the moment is, would these guys have ha- with, would they have hang, hung with the, the, the early ICW guys? Would you lose a Leighton with Joe Coffey and Noam? No, you wouldn't have. Would you lose a Jason Reed's? with those guys, with that locker room. No, I don't think you would have. Is yeah. there guys on the roster that, that might? Yes, I do feel there is. But that's their job to try and to try and establish himself. Like we're saying now, it's their opportunity to go have fans going, do you know what? If we, if we had a, a, a show where the old roster and the new roster met, everybody could hang with everybody, you know? Yeah. And it is going to be interesting to see how all that takes shape. You know, because mm-hmm. when you think, uh, you know, WWF, when we watched it in the, in the 80s, and then it took a bit of a dip. Nobody ever dreamed that anything like the Attitude Era would come along with this whole new boom that was even bigger and better as far as I'm concerned. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's going to be interesting to see what the what the, what happens next to ICW. Yeah. Andy, is there still tickets available? There are still tickets available. Not many, I'm sure. But uh, yes, there is still tickets available. There'll be tickets available in the door, most likely, if you don't go and catch them now. Excellent. So still a chance for people to get done their Friday and Saturday night. And you yourself, Saturday night, you're going to be, Grado's going to be wrestling as well Saturday yeah. night. You're both on that. So that's, a, that's a great card. Um, so try and get down there. Andy, thanks so much for coming on and talking. And good luck on Saturday night. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, lads. Cheers, Andy. Thanks a lot. Speak soon. And if you want to be on the run-in, best bet is to sign up to our Patreon as our World Heavyweight Champs get first dibs, IC Champs get second, Cruiserweight Champs get third. Get on patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft to get yourself involved. You just made the list! List the wrestling daft now. Take a tenuous subject about wrestling, organise it. There's your list, your list of wrestling daft. This week, inspired by events, it was the best Vince moments versus overrated wrestlers. And, of course, by a landslide on our Patreon vote, it was the best Vince moments that won. Now, how the hell do you create a list of best moments of this guy? Now, what, what do you base it on, John? What would you base it on? Would you base it on amazing creative moments? 
Because I mean, you would go, surely, the, you know, the creation of the Undertaker would yeah. be there. Yeah. The the, I mean, so would it, or as, a, as an on-screen character? I don't know. I mean, you could actually split it. You could split it into best... I mean, you could split it into three because the best commentary moments, the best in-ring moments, the best um, CEO moments or best creative moments. You could, you could do endless lists about Vince, but let's just say anything goes wrong. Right, well, in that case, I'm going to quite simply say this. Number three for me has to be the creation of WrestleMania, right? As for me, the thing is good because it's still WrestleMania is still the thing that this young guy dreamed a dream, took his dad's fucking promotion, and now super shows had been done, right? It's not like the super show was a new idea, right? But on that scale and creating it as a cultural moment like he did, and dressing it up like he did, uh, was pure Vince McMahon. And WrestleMania is still, regardless of what you think of WWE or whatever, WrestleMania is still the thing when you're a, a, a young kid dreaming of being a wrestler, the ultimate dream is your headline in WrestleMania. You're winning a WWE title at WrestleMania. We, we almost organise a wrestling season around WrestleMania. It's almost like that's a... That's where it all culminates, the wrestling world. And, you know, we're here in the West. That's where it all culminates in WrestleMania. It's, it's the, it's the centre point. It's the locus for all this thing. And so that has to be the number three for me. Uh, the number two for me is going to be Vince McMahon's capacity to hire and put in the living rooms of people across the world some absolute fucking oddballs <laughs> some absolute fucking weirdos and i think this is the thing that isn't quite appreciated enough like when i was a wee guy and i was watching mean gene Oakland and lord alfred hayes and all that and i remember i was like look at these kind of weird old men i was thinking at the time look at these weird old men and you get percy pringle coming in as paul bearer and stuff like that and i was like look at all these Weird old guys. And this is the thing. Vince McMahon has often been seen as a guy that kind of chases the ratings and likes good bodies and likes beautiful women and likes muscly guys and all that kind of stuff. But he, he also likes a fucking weirdo. I get the sense weirdly, regardless of all the stories that go around about Vince McMahon. I think Vince McMahon's a guy that likes a good laugh. And he likes putting weird stuff in front of people. And I worry a wee bit about, I think, something that is underappreciated about Vince McMahon is that he has a subversive streak within him. I worry a wee bit that the wrestling world without Vince McMahon is actually going to be a wee bit more straight-laced than we would expect. A wee bit more bland than we'd, we would expect. That subversive oddness that Vince McMahon has, beautifully encapsulated, by the way, in a, the Get It advert that he did, you know, which completely encapsulated a time, that advert, the chaos of that advert and the kind of subversiveness of that advert. And, you know, and then you get fucking the whole May Young thing and all that and giving birth to a, a horn and all that fucking mental, just mental stuff. Like, who would ever do <laughs> that stuff? You know what I mean? And, you know, just 
all the, all the stuff like weird stuff with Stephanie and just like stuff that makes you kind of go, oh fuck, and that was a bit racist and that was a bit sexist and that was a bit fucking pedoy and that was a bit this and that was a bit that. And I'm not saying that it's good to be racist or anything like that, don't get me wrong, but the point I'm trying to make is this guy was unapologetically himself and unapologetic about his tastes and what he wanted to put in living rooms. And he was like incredibly fucking experimental. And that is the big curse. That's the big curse. If you work in any creative field, the, the big, the, the thing you're terrified of is dealing with people who don't have an experimental bone in their body. And Vince McMahon is all about experimentation. For all people think, oh, WWE is bland now and it's this and that. But there's still mental things going on. What WWE did see, I know that I'm thinking back on it, what WWE did during the pandemic, where they went, let's create a thing called the Thunderdome, all these fucking mad screens and all that, and then bring Shane McMahon back for an underground fucking fight club type thing. It was fucking bananas. <laughs> it was fucking mental. What were they doing? You know, let's have a WrestleMania and we'll just, we won't have an audience there and then we'll just film a film a match for like Undertaker Day. It was, it was mental. So even still as an old man, Vince McMahon was overseeing this thing that was just completely bananas. And like genuinely, I think we will miss it. I think we will miss his willingness to put ugly and weird stuff in front of us because I think the danger is we head new into a WWE that's actually far more sanitized than it ever was, far more safe than it ever was, far more corporate than it ever was, because suddenly you don't have this creative madman at the center of it all. And my number one is, of course, because it has to be his run as uh, the evil Mr. McMahon against Stone Cold Steve Austin, which for me is is the greatest, probably the greatest angle, greatest rivalry in pro wrestling. And mm -hmm. one that continues to this day, continues to influence how wrestling stories are told. Um, so let's see. The twin between us got in touch and says, I enjoyed them getting scalped and he'd be a bedpan for Stone Cold. <laughs> that was during that run. It was. Scott says, it's me, Austin, that moment. That was adjacent to that run. That was kind of part, an extension of that run. Martin says, no specific moment, but his rivalry with Austin for me is the best rivalry ever. Many moments among the Austin versus McMahon run. There it is. Andy says, best moment is probably the creation of WrestleMania. There we go. Where will we be without that first one? The worst moment was probably overstaying as welcome. Well, we'll see about that. Let's wait and see. Dave says, the first time he did that, shot himself, walked to the ring. David said, first one that came to my mind was the hospital visit for Foley and Austin. His facials and the sound for that bedpan smack and his head are priceless. Vince McMahon, by the way, fantastic actor. Yes. A fantastic actor for a guy who's no an actor. A guy who's a fucking wrestling promoter. You know what I mean? A fantastic actor. He had some fucking decent matches and all, by the way. You know what I mean? Did he? Aye. For what they were. For mm. what they were. You know what I mean? Eric Bischoff was a guy who was always talking about he could fight a bit. He'd done a bit of karate, you know. Remember all that part? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Any match he had was fucking rotten. It was rotten. But Vince McMahon, because, again, he's a creative madman, had the capacity to just go, I'll fucking go, I'll hurt myself, I'll fucking do what I need to do. 
to get a story told. Bronze Cello says he's got to be standing back at the Slammies and him screaming and shouting what a manoeuvre every time he was on commentary. I mean, that takes you right back to your childhood, doesn't it? Stevie says a stand-back performance for the Slammies back in the day. Kev says has to be the vision to put, t- put on and hold the first WrestleMania. I don't think we'd all be watching wrestling without it. Ryan says the quad tear, proper ridiculous stuff with Vince on his arse, nobody having a clue what was happening. And John says, don't know, but now that he's retired, is it time to bring back Jack Tunney? And Lewis <laughs> says, getting his wrinkly air suit every week back in the day. I mean, there you go. There's a guy who, a powerful, wealthy man, in a, pow- in a position of great power, who was pulling his trousers down, getting his arse out for people to kiss his arse <laughs> on the tail every week. I mean, we could only have a dream of being in that position and, and, and being just so creative and so fun. He's a, f- a fun figure to have about, right? I think he's going miss him. I Can think I he's going miss him. Did I put a sleeper uh, option as well from this year's WrestleMania when he thought he popped at the wrong time when the fucking, he thought no, it was oh, Steve Cole's music was hitting. That was was that? <laughs> aye. Woo! Now, there is a more content at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Get bonus episodes extra content and get involved with our community and you can get involved in our Discord as well if you're a Patreon. Our Discord was lighting up this week with that part of Vince McMahon going out. You can chat to us, the rest of the community. The best way to get involved, sign up for one of your tiers at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. We would love to welcome you to the roster. And while you're on that, like get a wrestling daft t-shirt as well. shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. Right. It's time to pick Listener of the Week. Mm, who could it be this week? Who could it be this week? What do you think, Rab? Well, first of all, before we go into Listener of the Week, shall we have a quick chat about SummerSlam? Yeah, well, we've not really looked at that, obviously. Triple H. Are you going to be watching it? I, I'm a hope that I'll certainly watch it on the Monday. Um, now I've got a wee bit of extra time in my hands. I can start watching a bit more wrestling now, but... The card, I mean, you look down the card, there's some decent matches on there. Uh, any one stack that's sticking out for you that you want to see? Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a listen, I'm, I know everybody's moaning, but I'm quite happy to watch Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar again. I'm happy to watch that. Uh, what else do I fancy on there? Living I want to see Pat again. I think Pat, I think Pat is great. I've seen him, you know, WrestleMania, obviously, that coming out, doing that whole thing with the white stripes. You know, I saw his matches with Adam Cole in NXT as well. And I think Corbin's just fucking such a good heel. I think I'm yeah. really I think the I think the, the audience are really gonna love that match, right? The Pat and Corbin match. Uh, love Morgan Ronda Rousey, yes. Uh, Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, yes, looking forward to that. Um quite curious about uh, the Usos versus Street Profits match. I think it'll be good. I like Jarrett's in the mix there. Uh, and also, is there a possibility we see a Street Profits breakup? Potentially. Potentially. It feels like it's the time for it to happen. I feel like I can pull see the, it happening. Yeah, pull the trigger on Montez. Aye, uh, because he he could be something, couldn't he? He really could be something. So I'm just... I have to say, shout out to Dawkins as well. I really, when you see some of his in-ring work, he's really come on, and actually he could definitely hold his own as a singles competitor as well, I reckon. Yeah, I think so. I think so. 
So that'll be good. I'm looking forward to that. Plenty of good stuff. I and mean, see if Logan Paul uh, can still look as good as he looked at WrestleMania. Will be good as well. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. I'll be watching. I'll be watching. Listener of the week. Who will we give listener of the week to? I've got. It's um, going to be. It's going to be Davy Butler, right? Davy Butler. Aye, of course it's going to be Davy Butler, aka the Steamboat. Aye, uh, the Steam Train, mate. Steam Train, no Steamboat. Steam Train. Steam, 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 steam Train, right? Uh, Davy, you are the listener of the week, and you know that's a name, an honour of your da as well. So. That's it for Wrestling Daft. Please rate, review, subscribe on Apple Getters, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, more content. I think Grado's back next week. Grado should be back next week. Should be, I think he finishes filming two doors down this week, so he should be back next week. Get on the Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Wrestling Daft. And remember, Shug's House Party tomorrow. Well, as we're recording this tomorrow, but Friday, Saturday night, this weekend, um, and some great matches on there. And remember, on the Saturday night, you're going to see uh, Ravy Davy and Gr- Gredo, the man himself, versus the cabinet. So um, get yourself done there Saturday night. Still some tickets available. CICW, a lot of matches on there. Uh, what, what's your picks from these nights, John, of the ICW show? I, 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 do you know what? Daz Black, anytime I see Daz Black, obviously we had him way on the show, way, way back. What does he impress me then? I think he he'll he's going to go far in this wrestling world. Um, obviously, I had Andy Wilder and Jason Reed. That'll be a cracker. I, Aaron Le- Echo, I like. See, you seen Big Aaron Echo before? Aye, well, I like. Aye, yeah. He's, he's a good looking kind of big wrestling. He looks the part. Him. So look for that. And obviously, your our pal Jack Jester and Kez Evans. Jack going proper hardcore again. Um, I think that'll be be a cracker, and I mean Jester. I mean, just so good with anyone in the ring, isn't it? Yeah, that's going to be good stuff. Big Jester will definitely close the show in strong fashion, uh, and so there's loads of great matches on there. Loads of great matches. Uh, shout out to Shaman A. I like I like Shaman A's vibe. Right. So thanks so much for listening. We'll see you on the next one, John. Up the road. It's yourself. Audio Frontier. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.